And so what we want to do is elevate women's ministries to a place where, because there are people who are passionate about it. And so we want to redeem it to a place where, you know, here's, a, here's something that you can look forward to being involved in. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with Major Pam Pinkson on the Prepare Podcast. Let's get right back into it, and I'll see you at the end. So we've talked a little bit about men, but in your experience, do you feel like men have the same kind of mindset that gender equity is as important as it is to women. And I, I say that and the first reaction is, well, duh, no, it's not, obviously, because this is why we're talking about this. But I feel like maybe there has been a shift in the way that men approach women in the workplace or women in ministry. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I've been an officer, like I said, almost 21 years. I can see the difference mm-hmm. in living in this day and this time that we're in, I feel like there was a certain lens that perhaps, you know, men had of of leadership and their wives and women 21 years ago, obviously, that no longer persists. It's still there. But uh, I think living in the culture that we live in and having to work in spaces where there are far more women, you know, showing up than there were maybe typically. I mean, there's still, I feel like there's still uh, some convincing that I've had to do. I come up against it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've had women generals. We've had women commissioners in Canada. Like, I don't understand where this yeah, is still like an check, issue. Check the box. Yes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm quick to point out, well, how many married women have we had? Right. Or I had one gentleman at THQ say, well, I have all women in my department. And, and I said, okay, how many married women do you have in your department? And I'm not, I don't want to frame, you know, our work around simply the plight of the married woman right. officer because it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've encountered both. I have some great champions of this work mm-hmm. that are men. So that's been a, a huge encouragement. I've learned a lot in this work about, you know, advancing this work is actually going to benefit men mm-hmm. as well as women. Yeah. So some of the things that came out of our findings and some of the recommendations we made were around better systems for officers in terms of officer appointment process, the consultation process, the compensation. And, you know, as the saying goes, a rising tide lifts all boats. It's actually going to, you know, improve the lived experience for both. Yeah. But but one of the key findings that came out of our work is that women were feeling undervalued, not seen, like invisible, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, the practice of communication, for instance, you know, when there's a married couple serving together, you know, coming only to the man and not coming to the women, the system's being set up with a default Mm. that the approvals all go through the men, you know. And so those kinds of practices, which we've actually undone a lot of those already in our work. So the feeling of not being seen, not being known, not being valued, not being consulted, And so strengthening that to improve the experience of women officers is actually going to strengthen it for all officers regardless, right? right. The other thing is, you know, men have had to carry this pressure in terms of 
measuring up to this model that we've set in the army. If you look out the hierarchy, where the men have predominantly been holding all of the positions of power and leadership right. in a married couple kind of you know shared situation, and so. You know, the other side of our work, which was a lot deeper and, and I guess honoring and respecting how God has made us and how God has gifted us by the Spirit, which is not gendered. The gifts of the Spirit are not gendered. Right. And leadership is a gift of the Spirit. So is teaching, you know, so many others, administration. So, you know, if you build a system that actually pays more attention to spiritual gifting that's affirmed, of course, and discerned in community, mm-hmm. you know, then you're freeing up men and women, to walk in those spaces. Yeah. Not all of our men who have held leadership positions have had gifts of leadership. Right. Right? But they perhaps carry this sense of, you know, responsibility to the structure or whatever it is that they've internalized about that's where their value comes from. Mm-hmm. But to free them up to find their value and their confidence in how God has designed them and gifted them and walk in that you know, and I mean, that is much better for the, for the purposes of, of, of God's kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, for our marriages, this is a sensitive part of the work that we did. Mm-hmm. Because what's the Army's role? Mm-hmm. What's our responsibility in terms of working with married couples mm-hmm. to ensure that they're whole and they're strong and they're healthy? It's comprised of two individuals who know and encourage and cheer each other on in their giftedness and are co-serving, co-leading, you know, are mutual in that way, you know, are one in the way that the Holy Spirit uh, means for us to be one, the Trinity, like mirroring the Trinity, which is not hierarchical. Right. Right. And it's this mutual dance of, of mutual submission within the Trinity. And that's, you know, what marriages are to mirror and how do we work with our couples to ensure that that's the wholeness and the health that shows up mm-hmm. between them so that they can celebrate each other in whatever areas of service that's been afforded to them, regardless of who actually is perceived to have maybe the more uh, powerful or, or whatever promotion kind yeah. of situation we've got here in the Army, you know, yeah. which we, you know, we've got a lot of work to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about how we are we have missed the mark in a lot of ways in our organization, in the church, in the Salvation Army as a whole. But is there anything even today that we are doing well that we've we've come so far and we I don't know if we've crossed over yet, but we're we're getting there. What's the positive? What are we doing well? Um I, I struggle to answer that question exactly because for, I'm in a different context in, in Canada and Bermuda. I've seen in, in my territory, for instance, the fact that we have a gender equity advocate and that leadership has very much heard, I feel heard in terms of what we've, you know, we've amplified, amplified the voices of all of these women officers that, that we surveyed in, back in 2000. 20. Mm-hmm. The previous gender equity advocate did 75 interviews and she captured all of that very well. And that data was collated into themes and, and we were given the space to speak truthfully, even though it was hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was heard because we made like over 40 recommendations for change and by and large, most of them were approved, wow. which is making this work mammoth. Like, yeah. cause we asked for the sky 
you know, and to be honest, I was a little skeptical about how many of them were going to be approved. So I'm very pleased with the outcome, you know, and I still feel the investment there from our leadership, even in this phase of the work. I feel like there's an acknowledgement there, there's an awareness. When I look around the landscape of, you know, how this is going to, how do we measure the outcome, right? I look at the appointments, because that's how we measure a lot of it. I'm very encouraged. So we're undoing some of these, uh, like default appointments, what we call default appointments, Mm -hmm. which is not a popular term. A secondary considerations, I think, is another way that they yep. like to, to refer to it. We're actually stripping those out of our system. I actually asked Catherine on my way down here, you know, who, who's your TC? You know, it's a married man. What does the TC's wife do? And she explained that. And I thought that was encouraging. Yes. Because it's outside the no- traditional norm. Uh, yes. And in my division, so as a core officer, I'm in the Ontario division under territory headquarters. The DC is a married man. His wife is the director of spiritual life development. So stripping some of those, you know, women's mm-hmm. ministries default kind of, which we have done a disservice to women's oh, ministries yeah. in doing that. Right. I was just going right? to talk about that. We have. There's a stigma attached. There's a negative bias. Like, you know, I, I have to acknowledge it's in me as well. Yeah. Because I, for many years when I started out in ministry, I thought, okay, if they're going to appreciate and appoint my husband according to his business and administrative gifts, then what's my future look like? Right. It looks like women's ministries. And I tell you, I, I had a sickly feeling because I knew that that's not where my gifts are. Mm-hmm. And But there was no other model that I could see, right? So I'm, I'm actually seeing that there is a, a different model. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as we can offer choice, mm-hmm. then that's as close to equity as we're probably going to, you know, and get in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because we do have a system where you have a couple that come together <laughs> as a package. Yeah. And so true. what do we do, right? And so my advocacy to leadership is if you have two appointments to fill, and my husband and I went into the training college in this kind of situation as well. They had two seats that needed to be filled. And so produce a ministry brief or brief of appointment or whatever that looks like, ministry description uh, for each, and hand it to the couple and have them discuss and pray and consult each other and in God and come back and tell us which one fits which. Okay. Because a lot of the time the organization are not really aware. Right. Yeah. There's there's a lot of assumptions. Yes. They see a, a, a couple succeeding in a ministry and there is a perception, like I said, and, a, you know, a, a bias to think, well, it's the husband, obviously. it's That's created that. That's, you know, been able to, to make that a success. Right. And in fact, the fact that if we have some of the default systems and things, you know, which I know some of my colleagues, my women officer friends who, instead of fighting the system for their own access, will go in under their husband's credentials and do all the business work. And so when, you know, in fairness to leadership, when they look at that, I mean, obviously the evidence is, well, it's him. He's, He's the one who approves everything. He is the business mind behind this thing, right? And so my advice to women is, no, like persist in, in seeking, you know, your own access, your own whatever, which reminds me when I, my first appointment and the email was a new thing. I'm going to age myself here now. <laughs> we were told there was only there could only be one email address assigned to oh, each ministry, I that. and it was all it was the husband. Yeah, 
But I did all the correspondence. Right. So I wrote all of that. But, you know, from leadership, it looks like the husband, right? Okay. So there's so obviously there's there's a lot there's many layers to this yeah. thing. But I feel like I, I'm encouraged that there are improvements, you know, there we're doing some things right. In Canada we have a parental leave policy for officers right now. So women officers can have twelve months. Uh, which doesn't even mirror like equal to our government. Our government gives 18 months. Wow. But it's excellent because before, you know, a young married mother officer would, you know, have to make do, like try and look after an infant baby supported by her husband, but show up at the ministry as soon as they can or put all of that weight on their husband, who is like crippling under all of those things. Because the husband, let me tell you, our young married couples are, you know, more in like sharing the journey of parenthood yeah. than historically. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it's a heavy, heavy weight. And we were losing some of our our young families, mm-hmm. uh, young, you know, officers, uh, which is one of the things that have come out in the last couple of years. And even the Gender Equity Task Force was involved with this. We came up with a policy for parental leave. And so, you know, they can have the sufficient leave, but also the territory sponsors a backfill of that appointment Mm -hmm. so that the husband can be supported. In fact, parental leave can, I think, be split. So, like, the mother can can stay home for a while and then the husband stay home if they can work that out in their appointment. But it also values the work that she's done in the appointment. If you're not going to backfill... Uh, you're saying, well, she can be off for a year and is not even missed. Right. It devalues the work that she's, exactly. you know. So that's been a huge thing. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's amazing. And we're grateful for that. So, I and I am also very hopeful in terms of our younger women officers who are coming in and challenging the, the places where they see inequity, where even for me, as somebody who's been on the road this long, still sometimes need someone to say, what about this? Or they're pushing back on things that I, you know, as when I was a young mother and an officer, I just, well, that it's just the way it is. Oh, man. That's right? not a good enough reason to keep doing it. No. <laughs> and yes. so when you have these uh, courageous, you know, leaders who are saying, well, does it have to be that way? It doesn't have to be yeah. that way. Yeah. This is not rocket science. Right. We can figure this out. Because what that means, it's a cultural shift. It's a way of perceiving that this is not a patriarchal model. So some might think, well, what's the big deal? But it is a big deal. It is a big deal. So we've got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah. So there still is, there's obviously, there's always room for growth. I love how you said about the default appointments, you know, and that's just not within our organization as the Salvation Army. There are a lot of default jobs and things that women feel like, well, that's all, that's the skill I have. So that's where I'm going to be. You know, like you said, I could see my future and I knew where it was going. You know, I'm a woman. This is what I do. But specifically within the Salvation Army, you know, we have this women's ministries title that a lot of women just assume eventually that's, I'm going to hold that, that title, even though there has been a lot of progress in reversing that way of thinking. Uh, But still women's ministries is still a vital part of our our organization and the ministry that we do, you know, in the core and in in our communities. So we don't want to devalue that either. This is this isn't what we're doing. We're not devaluing women's ministries or our ministry to women. 
because that still is is a huge thing. You think about a lot of core are built on moms bringing their kids to Sunday school. So when you think about that, there is still that that huge importance that we need to place on ministering to women. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that default of, well, just because you're a woman, you, this is what you're going to do. So there's, there is still a lot of progress that we still have to come in, in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I lead a congregation, uh, every congregation I've been in, the women are, you know, show up in yeah. the majority of cases to be yeah. the workers to, right. you know, who are invested. And, and so what we've actually done unintentionally is we've, we've kind of siphoned our women leaders, like uh, people who have some great leadership gifts, to focus all of their energies in this one area. And we've built this thing up. But as a result of that, Where's men's ministries? Yeah, right. Right. We haven't had the same investment. No. And so even in my congregation right now, we we are without, you know, a leader for our men's ministries. And my heart aches because we need we have men who walk in off the street and who are looking for connection, who are looking for like a space where they can be supported and be yeah. discipled. And I don't have that space to offer them in our ministry unit right now yeah. because we're without a leader. So I think inadvertently by elevating one and, and I mean, and we've put some strong women over these spaces mm-hmm. and, you know, poured a lot into these spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think to the detriment, you know, sometimes of our men's ministries, I also feel like by doing what we're recommending to do in our report, and I will be honest to say and I noticed you did it here, our women's ministries is still outside of the program department. Mm. So we've we've asked to have it fall under program, which it gives equity, right? Yeah. And also pulls it down one of these default appointments. Yeah. And that's been approved. And in some of our divisions, it's already happened, but we want that across the board. Yep. What that does is it also, we want to redeem the image of women's ministries in the eyes of, you know, the salvationists around the territory, because there is like a, a negative, unfortunately, there a is. negative stigma attached. There is. And so what we want to do is elevate women's ministries to a place where, because there are people who are passionate about mm. it. And so we want it, do we want to redeem it to a place where, you know, here's a, here's something that you can look forward to being involved in. So what we're hoping to achieve is actually an elevation and honoring women's ministries for what it is and what it can be. And we've got some wonderful women plugged in to the Women's Ministries Department in Canada. And in fact, one of the young adults in that department uh, who actually runs a, a podcast like, you, like yeah. you're doing today is on my gender equity tax force and did collate all the data. She's a, you know, a bright young adult who believes in women's ministries and what it can be and, you know, works in the communication, social media spaces and whatever. So, yeah, I think it's going to, I'm hoping that it's going to be a positive thing. Some people may feel and interpret it as a threat. Sure. But we're hoping that the the end result will be positive for yeah. women's ministries and for women officers and for men's ministries yeah. and, and men officers as well. I I do want to encourage, you know, the men to appreciate and to champion the women in their spheres, you know, their circles, get to know them, get to know their gifts and their heart, 
and yeah, listen to the spirit of God in terms of, you know, how we are to value and restore dignity in each mm-hmm. other and mm-hmm. make sure that we're viewing people through the eyes and mind and heart of Christ. I would say to women, I know because I've been there, right? We internalize a lot of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. We've listened to a lot of messages over the years. We're still receiving them maybe in our church circles. You know, if anybody is like a huge proponent of John MacArthur and John Piper mm-hmm. and a few mm-hmm. of these others. And these are Bible teachers. And right. so sometimes, you know, we kind of grapple with, oh, I don't want to be disobedient. I don't want to be going against scripture or whatever. Just let me encourage you that there are other voices yeah. who are doing some really significant work, who've got, who have very faithful uh, approach to the scriptures, mm-hmm. thoughtful, God-fearing, spirit-led individuals. And so there are places that you can go to hear more about that. I know mm-hmm. uh, I always point people to Theology in the Raw podcast. It's Preston mm-hmm. Sprinkle is the host, and he's a scholar, and and he's grappling with this very thing right now. And so over the last six or eight months, he's had a lot of guests on from both sides because he comes out of a complementarian belief system. Okay. And he's honestly and humbly open and searching. And so he has guests come on all the time from both sides. And I've been listening to it, even when it's difficult for me to mm-hmm, listen. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to hear both and just be confident in who you know that God has called you and gifted you to be and just stand in that, right? Yeah. In confidence, empowered by the Spirit in the spaces that the Spirit gives you just to be who you are and who God has mm-hmm. raised you up to be and who he is continually making you into, mm-hmm. right? You know, so listen to that, that prompting and that the voice of the Spirit calling that forth from from you. Yeah. I, you know, I understand completely, even after all of the the study and the experiences I've had and the appointments I've had, the privilege of, of having in the spaces that I get to speak into right now, mm-hmm. you know, in those leadership circles. But I still struggle with because of what I've internalized over the years about w- being a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when my husband went into a new appointment last year and I came into the ministry unit without him, like, I, well, I mean, I continued without him. You know, there were all of this doubt and that swirling yeah. in my head, like, how am I going to be viewed yeah. as the lead corps officer, as the director by all of these people, right, who are used to seeing us together. Now it's just me. Uh, so I, I, I struggled with that for a bit. I felt the pressure of it. I didn't want to fail in that space, right? And then I just I just had to lean completely on the Lord and yeah. just say, here I am, Lord. All I have is what I what you've given me. Right and who I am, yeah. And whatever it turns out to be, and whatever the fruit of that is, I'm just leaving it with you, yeah. And it's just been such an invigorating, liberating mm. process. But I'm I'm learning to, with grace, you know, just to kind of correct that, and uh, yeah, and just to move on. That's and good. it's not about me, and That's I don't good. I don't take it personal, and I just yeah. walk this journey and allow the Lord to lead me. So. That's where I'm at. That's very gracious. It's very gracious in, in your approach. I feel like we all could use that a little bit more in our daily <laughs> our daily dealings. 
<laughs> Always lead with grace. Well, you know, I've 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 jumped in sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've made assumptions sometimes, and I react knee jerk, oh. right? And I've had enough times where that's failed me. Mm-hmm. That's not served me very well because I've jumped to conclusions. So now I know enough to pause mm-hmm. and ask a few questions. Mm-hmm. And then if, if my assumptions prove to be true, then respond to that, right? Yeah. But I can't go there. Like I've learned from making so many mistakes that I can't go there right away. Right. But I need to pause, ask a few more questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like cause some of our systems even like let us down. I realized today that under my ministry unit, I'm not listed because I've, mm-hmm. I've got this gender equity uh, role right. at THQ. So I, in the dispo, I am in that department. And not cross-sectioned in the two two ministry right. units, so I've been getting missed. But it hasn't been the person's fault in you know mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. It's the system that let it down, let me down, right? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, there's a whole other <laughs> podcast we could go into. Sorry, systematic. <laughs> oh man, yes, we got some work to do. Yes. All right, we have talked about a lot of really really good things. This has been such an interesting, eye-opening conversation. I appreciate you coming on, Major Pam, and you've given us a lot to think about. I really hope that it sparks even more discussion on gender equity. If anything, I hope that we have raised the awareness to foster and change and as we progress on this journey with gender equity. So thank you so much for everything that you've brought to this table today. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to speak about uh, all things gender equity. And thank you for the warm welcome I've received from up north uh, to your territory over these last couple of days. And uh, I just want to bless you and your work here in this podcast and wherever else the Lord has placed you. And I look forward in knowing that somehow this is advancing God's holy work of gender equity in this space. Thank you. Wow, some really great things to contemplate and to think on from this conversation. I love how Major Pam tied everything back into what the Bible says. And then she used her knowledge and experience to dig in deep to the truths that we find in God's Word. I love the reminder that Christ came to redeem women. What hope that message brings. And I hope that you found it encouraging as well. Thanks for coming along with me as we celebrated women this month. And stay tuned. We will be returning to our series on mental health next month. But that's all for today. And as always, I hope that this podcast has left you feeling prepared and equipped for tomorrow. And I'll see you next time. God bless you.